But uh, I'm continuing on my series called Say What, which is a weird title, but it's all about um, getting questions from the church. And uh, we gave the opportunity for the church to ask questions and then we would gather up those questions and then I'd write a message about answering those questions. And today it's all about fasting. So the actual question was fasting, what happens spiritually, physically, God's kingdom? So that's my attempt, or I'm going to attempt to answer that as best as I can in an actual message that makes sense, that actually helps people um, grow and develop. Now, I sometimes talk about, I don't know, this is probably a technical term, horticultural or growing things, but you can tell how healthy a fruit tree is by its fruit. The quality of the fruit as well as the quantity of the fruit that you get from that tree. If you get sour fruit, and uh, depending on obviously certain fruits, some fruits are supposed to be sour, but if you get sour fruit from a, a plant that's supposed to produce sweet fruit, something is wrong. It means there's something amiss. We should all be aspiring from fruit trees to get sweet, juicy fruit, or depending on what you're after. I know we have a, a lemon tree and it has driven me nuts for a long time. My, my son asked for a, a lemon tree for Christmas. We got him a lemon tree and I'm the one who looks after it. And I've spent a lot of time looking after this thing and um, trying to find the right spot for it. And um, I found out later I need a second citrus plant to, to help cross-pollinate this one. And I haven't received a lot of fruit from it. We received lots of fruit one year and then... Then it got a bit sick and had to try and take care of this thing. It's been sort of a thorn in my side. Last year, the grasshoppers arrived and went spastic. And I spent a lot of time picking grasshoppers off this tree and having to dispose of them, um, trying to find ways to, to, get the, to stop the grasshoppers eating my tree. Well, that's not my tree, my son's tree that I look after. Uh, and I think I've got it right this year. I think I have. And I'm hoping that we will have lots of fruit this year, or at least some fruit. Some fruit would be better than no fruit, I tell you. But it's interesting that so many things affect the tree. The positioning. How much sun does the tree get? What's the condition of the soil? How much water do you give? Do you give too much water? Not enough water. How much nutrients is in the soil? Do you over-fertilise, under-fertilise? I think one year I over-fertilised the thing and it was struggling for the entire season. Um, I don't give so much anymore. It's like one of those thoughts like, you're not looking well, let's give you extra. <laughs> no, it doesn't quite work like that. But it's interesting how, how much affects the quality of the tree and how much affects the quality of the fruit. And so it is with us. There are so many things that can affect the quality of our fruit, the condition of our heart. How much water of the word do we get? Do we get, I suppose, not quality water? How much sun, not sun, S-U-N, but S-O-N, do we get? And what are we allowing into our spirits? Where, where have we been located? Have we been located in the back corner that doesn't get enough sun you know, that's going to get mould. Once you get mould in, in plants, it's just disastrous. 
Or is it right there in the middle of the, the garden that gets so much sun? And of course then there's pruning. You can't prune in the wrong season. You have to prune in the right season. And then sometimes even when you're pruning, you have to be ruthless. And there's a whole process of these things that take place. And, and God will fi- God, you'll find that God will prune our lives just like we prune trees. And today we're going to answer this question about fasting. I think sometimes we, we don't quite understand fasting. I know when I started I didn't. I mean, when we, we don't have a purpose in our fasting, it's actually called starvation. Fasting is actually a normal part of Christianity. It should be a part of our, not so much everyday life, but maybe every week life or in a process that we go through. I mean, it's taught throughout the Bible. You will find it all through the Bible. This person fasted and this person fasted. Andrew Murray said this, not, not the tennis player, by the way. Prayer is reaching out after the unseen. Fasting is letting go of all that is seen and temporary. Fasting helps express, deepen, and confirm the resolution that we are ready to sacrifice anything, even ourselves, to attain what we seek for the kingdom of God. We live in a world driven by our own needs. And there is a motivation to satisfy self. We make decisions based upon what's best for ourselves, what's best on my, myself. And if you don't believe me, you should look at Facebook or Instagram. How many people are posting selfies trying to fish for compliments? How many times do we see people make decisions based solely on themselves? Truly, we are selfish by nature. Is our part of our DNA. Now, in Galatians 5, 19 and 26, and I do have to warn you, I do have quite a few passages of scriptures. I find they explain things much better than I could. In Galatians 5, 19 and 26, it says, Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, Factions, envy, drunkenness, caressing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. It's our hearts that desire the flesh. Now, if you're unsure of what I'm talking about, it's, it's this. As humans... We desire our own selfish ambitions. We look for how we can do or how we can benefit in our own means. And our flesh or the way we function is is driven by our hearts. The Bible actually makes mention multiple, multiple times that it's our hearts that are truly wicked. 
that are selfish. This is where it drives from. It's our hearts that actually need to be purified. And purity is not a point to strive to. It's a pursuit. In Jeremiah 17, 9 to 10, it says, The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. And who can understand it? The Lord searched the heart. I test the mind, even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. God looks to the heart. He looks to see where our hearts are at. It's out of the heart that flows life. We feel from the heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Scripture talks about the heart being the center of our lives. I mean, we've all heard the series, oh, series, sayings, follow your heart. What does your heart tell you? Right? Oh, my heart hurts right now. We go through a breakup, my heart hurts. When we get all um, nostalgic, it's about our heart. When we stand and we watch, I don't know how you guys feel, but you watch the, the flag of Australia go up and the or the Anzac Day service, is that sense to put your hand over your heart? It's, it's, in, it's, it's, it's incredible how we function around this heart. I mean, if you take two hearts out, right? if we could find a way to remove my heart and remove JMO's heart, there wouldn't be a huge amount of difference in its shape or size. Well, there might be a little bit different because you're a little bit taller than me. But his look would be exactly the same. But my heart is not the same as Jamie's heart. It's interesting that God chose David because he was a man after God's own heart, even when he wasn't perfect, because we all know David's shortfallings. How can we purify our hearts and be aligned with God? What do we need to do to get back to where our hearts are aligned with his? But like anything that we do, these things can't happen until we change things. I love the saying, change isn't changed until it's changed. I mean, the definition of stupidity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. I can't change if I don't expect to see, or if I expect to see progress without change. It's the fruit of the Spirit that is evidence of the Holy Spirit working in us. The fruit of what is happening within me. And the Bible lists that fruit of the Spirit, and I read it before, but we'll read it again. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the only way to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit is to allow the Spirit of God to move within our hearts and to blossom and to change our soil 
to bring forth the right nutrients, to make sure we're in that right place of receiving the right amount of sun so we can grow and blossom and produce good, abundant amounts of fruit. 2 Timothy 3, 1-7 says, But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revivalers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious, gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding on to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, avoid such men as these. For among them there are those who enter into households and captivate weak women, weighed down with sin, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And that was written 2,000 years ago. And it's still relevant today. I mean, people look to feed their flesh. We look to benefit ourselves. We look, or we should say, we're looking out for ourselves. The problem with feeding the flesh is the flesh is temporary. If we feed the temporary, it remains temporary. It does not change. Whatever we feed becomes stronger. That which we deny becomes weaker. Deny the flesh, it becomes weaker. If I keep watching porn, it becomes a stronger, stronger stronghold in my life. I keep smoking cigarettes, they become stronger and stronger in my life. The longer I do something, the stronger it gets in my life. The less I put it, the more I put aside the Bible, ah, I'll read it tomorrow, I'll read it tomorrow, the easier it becomes to put it aside. The more we actually do something, the stronger it becomes in my life. The more I can do, the more I can love my wife, the stronger it becomes a part of my life. The more I value something, the stronger it becomes a part of my life. If you want something in your life, you need to actually start putting in the discipline now to actually have it a part of your life. If you're expecting it to come upon your life, go, oh, boom, bang, that was good. That's not how it works. Galatians 5.13, it says, For you were called to freedom. Brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. For through love, serve one another. James 4.8 says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. The word near here means to join to one another. So if I'm drawing near to God, I am joining with one another with him. I am connecting with him. When it says cleanse your hands, it says cleansing what you do, your actions. Purify your actions. When it says purify your hearts, it's talking about the motivation that's driven behind your actions. The word fasting actually means to abstain. Fasting means to put away. When we fast... We abstain from feeding our desires to make room for God's spirit to increase. We deny what we want, which is food, and it's, to, and it's denying that makes room for God to move. And funny enough, whenever you start fasting, you want food. The amount of times that I have fasted, and all of a sudden, there's a party. 
all of a sudden, there's this exciting thing. Oh, I just want to do that. Or Mel, without me fully knowing it, has decided, because we haven't had a chance to communicate, something has decided, oh, we're doing this for dinner. Spewing. Because I want that, but I'm fasting. See, we can fast anything in our lives. Don't fast your kids. It doesn't work. You can't go, I'm fasting my kids this week. I'm fasting my family this week. I'm saying, oh, it doesn't quite work like that. But we can fast anything. And oftentimes, it's that which we cherish the most that will have the greatest effect when we fast it. Fasting means to abstain from it. It means to sacrifice or to give up something. I'm giving up something that's according to my flesh in order to make room for God to move. Fast what matters to you. Fasting should always go with prayer. Because like I said before, fasting without prayer is just starving. I'm sitting there this week asking God, God, we need breakthrough. We need breakthrough. And I'm not too sure how to bring it forth. And as I was going over this message this week, and I was just like, oh, I know it has to be done. I have to fast. And I don't like fasting. I love food. If... Before I was a pastor, I was a chef. So um, <laughs> fasting and me do not go well. <laughs> but you, like I said, you can fast whatever you want, but it's, it's oftentimes what means the most to you that's actually going to mean the most to God. So I find me and food have to have separation. And I have to fast something. I have to fast food. And I've fasted long periods of time in my life before. I've done 40-day fast, I've done three-week fast, I've done two weeks, whatever. And it was just the time that we went through that I just, I just wanted more of God. I just wanted to make room for Him in my life. And the only way to do that was to crucify my flesh. Was to make room for Him and say, God, I need you. To spend the time praying and seeking God. It's the most weirdest experience fasting because every time I do it, I get hungrier. And there are effects of fasting, meaning that fasting brings forth things into your life. Fasting changes us at a spiritual level. It changes our hearts. It raises our spirit. It suppresses my flesh. Fasting does move God. We move God's heart through desperation. And because he simply loves us, it moves him when we move to him. James 4, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. Fasting increases our spiritual capacity. And often our problem is a lack of capacity. Think of it like a pipe. Oftentimes our problem is we can't get enough water through the pipe because our pipe isn't big enough. 
And we need to increase our capacity. Fasting breaks habits. And it breaks spiritual bondages. And we can break things off our life when we fast because it changes our heart. It changes my perspective because I'm out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. And we become more in line with his heart when I'm putting aside all the things that are of me. The more regular we fast, the more it has a greater impact. But like a lot of things, everything only flows based upon the motivation of our hearts. If I'm running around going, oh, I'm fasting this week for six weeks in a proud, boasting manner, then my motivation is only so you think I'm better. And I'm looking to puff myself up and make myself more holy. And the only time I ever talk about my fasting is not because I am trying to show you how good I am, but rather I'm trying to encourage you in the process. The motivation that drives me to fast is not of how long or how many checkboxes I get, but because I know I need God. And I know the power that it has, and I can unleash God into certain situations in my life by fasting. When I need breakthrough, I fast. There is no guarantee that if I fast, I will get what I want. It's not like I can go, I'm going to fast for a Ferrari. It doesn't work like that. Galatians 5.24, it says, Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Meaning, if you join all the passages of scriptures together that we've read, there should be a desire in me to put away the things of my flesh, to put away the things that I used to do. The Bible talks about that we are new creations. The old has gone, the new has come. What we're actually doing when we're fasting is we're trying to get the new. My new perspective, my new heart. I'm trying to move in a greater understanding of transformation of what he has for me to see what God actually wants to do in this place. And I'm using everything I have, the tools that God has given me, to, to move in a place to see break. Fasting actually deals with us. Fasting deals with this, deals with this, deals with this fleshy part you see. And there are many different reasons to fast. There are many different reasons in the Bible to fast. When they appointed people into positions of leadership, they fasted. When they sent people out on different jobs, roles, they fasted. And they fasted to make sure they had the right people to send out at the right time to do the right job. To bring forth an anointing upon those people to actually achieve all that God had. Daniel fasted when he was trying to separate himself from the world. To make sure that he was in a place to hear God. And if you know the story of Daniel, Daniel is an interesting story because he's a Jewish person. He's a good Jewish boy. 
And he gets taken to Persia and he gets to, he's, he's now serving in the kingdom. And because he makes the separation and he separates himself from the world or he separates himself from the understanding of the Persian way of doing things, God's able to speak to him and use him and bring forth his glory into that kingdom. We see it multiple times when he's used to interpret dreams, when he's used to interpret the writing on the wall, when he's used to interpret the situations when you bring yourself into a place of greater understanding of who God is and our hearts align with God, God actually begins to use us to a greater level and we get to see the majesty of God move through us for his purposes. We see the story of Esther. Esther's in the kingdom. Well, funny this. She's in the kingdom. She's the queen. She's gone through horrendous things to get to this point. And Haman has decided to bring forth this law, this legislation to wipe out all the Jews. But Esther's a Jew. And she goes to the people and says, you know what, let's fast for three days. Let's fast. Call everyone to a fast. We're fasting for three days. We need God to move. And after those three days, God goes, uh, Esther goes back to the king and pleads for the lives of the Jewish people. And the king doesn't actually change his law, but then he writes a new one and says the Jews can defend themselves. Fasting can move the heart of God. or It can get God to move in a different way. We hear Moses fasting when he wants to, when he needs to hear from God. When he's up on Mount Sinai, he's fasting in the presence of God. He's fasting to get the Ten Commandments. He's fasting to get the law. He's in a place where he is suppressing his flesh in order to rise his spirit up to be able to hear the voice of God in the right frame of mind. There's passages of the scriptures that talk about fasting to get closer to God. There's fasting to be sent out. There's fasting to be promoted. There's fasting for overcoming. There's fasting for victory. We read of Abraham, Moses, Daniel, Esther, David, Jesus, all fasted, and there are so many more. We fast when we want more. We fast when we're desperate enough to. When we're desperate enough to see God move. And quite often you'll find that the kingdom principles of God are opposite to the way the world works. God says you want more, then give more. God says you want more of me, suppress yourself. I mean, there's only so much room in this vessel. I mean, I can eat a lot to make myself bigger, right? But the truth is there's only so much room in this vessel. And the only way to make more room for him is to release or let go more room of me. Fasting makes room for God. And if you want more of God, fast. Don't get religious. Don't get legalistic. But you will find when you start fasting... Parties will turn up. Dinner dates will turn up. Opportunities to go to restaurants will turn up. My suggestion is start fasting 
with things you're actually able to accomplish with a little bit of effort. Don't fast, oh, my kids, like I said before. Don't go, oh, I'll, uh, I'll fast McDonald's. Unless that is an issue for you. I'll fast, um, I don't know. I know my wife likes chocolate. There's many, many times when she's fasted chocolate. And that's been hard, isn't it, darling? Very hard. Yeah. It's also been hard for us. That's right, because you get withdrawals. Yeah. Start with something you're actually able to do with just that little bit of effort. Push through. Pray, seek God, read your Bible, spend time meditating on the Word. I guarantee you it'll make a difference. You may not necessarily notice it, but after years and years and years of making it a permanent part of your life, you begin to understand, oh, wow, I need this. I needed this. It's not what I wanted to do. Trust me, it's not what I wanted to do. I don't want to give up a nice juicy steak. But oh my gosh, does God bless you because you did. Unless you're vegetarian, it might be a carrot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> then I feel sorry for you anyways. <laughs> I'll pray for you. How long do you fast for? As long as you want. But you need to understand there are some physical issues that come up. If you try and fast for a week straight up, you will probably find that very difficult and your body will shut down. Uh, if you want to go out for a month at a time, I wouldn't recommend that either. Not until you build up that time. When I did a 40-day fast, I built it up. We started with a three-day, then we did a week, then we did 14 days, and we did 21 days, and we did 30 days, and then we did 40 days. No, I would not suggest doing just water for 40 days. You'll end up in hospital. Uh, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend just crackers and water. There are different types of fast. You can fast, like I said, you can fast TV. You can fast, I don't know, um, gaming systems. You can fast, you can do uh, what they call like a Daniel fast, which is where he ate vegetables. He didn't eat any choice foods. I've done that. 40-day vegetarian fast is hard, especially when you do physical labor. But it was very rewarding at the time. And you can find a lot of ways to cook a carrot uh, <laughs> and, and realize how flavorless vegetables are. But anyway, you, you can do it in all different ways. You can, it, it's only what really matters to you. Um, you can fast, I don't know, the food that you eat at lunch. You can fast coffee. Mel fasted chocolate. You can fast TV. You can fast... Like one meal a day. Right. Well, if that's what works with you, you can fast one meal a day. You could fast if, if dinner is your meal that you normally enjoy, fast dinner. Try that. Don't fast breakfast if you don't eat breakfast. It doesn't work like that. That's pointless. <laughs> I'm going to sacrifice by not eating breakfast, but you don't normally eat breakfast, but... But it's my sacrifice. Like the tea trip is between you and God. It's not between everyone else. That's why you don't run around telling everyone. It's between you and God. That's where it matters. So you need to choose something or you, you find something that means something to you because it's your sacrifice to gain clo be closer to God. So try one meal. Don't fast labor. I think I've got too many stories. <laughs> <laughs> well. Everyone will to tell you the truth, 
this is, this is how God works, right? I was sitting there talking about fasting with God. I was like, maybe I'll do Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. He goes, no, I want you to start Sunday. I'm like, Spion, we got work group. He said, it doesn't matter. That's why I don't want to start. I was like, hmm. <laughs> but it might start with one meal and learn because there are some side effects of fasting for long periods of time and you do need to learn you need to build those things up you know if you fast for a week without food um, you need to learn how to take other things to uh, keep your systems flowing Yeah, understanding your body, how it functions. Because you're in a physical job, right? So you'll need supplements. So you, even though you don't eat food, you'll need to replace that. Otherwise, someone will come out and the mole will be still going, you'll be lying next to it, passed out. And, and that's not a joke. I did that, silly me. I was fasting and then I went to help my brother put up a house. I lasted a couple of hours and had to go home. <laughs> just because it just took it out of me. It was killing me. Because your body requires nutrients and if you're not feeding those nutrients you, you, will, you can actually do a lot of damage. So it's about understanding how to then replace those nutrients and being smart about it. I've known people, oh, I'm going to fast for two weeks and didn't make two days. right? And that's not being judgmental and incredible. It's just because they didn't, okay, th this is my plan. I, I understand how my body works. I've done a 40-day fast. I've done 30-day fast, 21, blah, blah, blah. So I understand, okay, this is what's going to happen. This is what I need to do to replace this, this, and this. You know? And so I, I, I can function that way. Now, I haven't done a 40-day fast for years. And I'm hoping to God I don't have to do another one soon. But I've done them. Now, I, you know, I really feel God wants me to do a three-day fast starting today. And I haven't eaten anything so far today. Doesn't mean it's, yay, fun. It's just something that I feel is necessary because we need to see breakthrough in certain areas in the church. So it, it's going to come down to you and God. What means something to you? Because that's what you're trying to purify. Right? Not this. You're trying to purify this, my heart. Does that make sense? Right. I can give you some more information as time goes on if you want to talk to me, but start what you can actually handle. Don't let your eyes be bigger than reality. I'll think you're more holy than what you, you know. It, it's not about the time either. You know, a day can mean more to God than trying to do three weeks and failing. You know, and you can't beat yourself up and get religious and go, oh, because the amount of times I've gone into fast and all of a sudden, without even thinking, because I'm not even thinking straight, I've gone to eat something. Oh, no, I've just wrecked my fast. And you can't be legalistic about it. Make sense? Okay. How about we pray and we'll close the meeting. We have morning tea and there's tea and coffee and they'll be outside. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're far from him, or you just need to make sure that you're right with him, you need to reconnect with him, then I want to invite you to come and talk to me at the front. If you want prayer as well, I'll be down the front for that as well. But we'll pray and we'll close the meeting. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for people's hearts that want to seek you and want to get to know you and want to be closer to you. Father, I thank you for that you grant us opportunities to do that. 
Father, I speak a blessing upon your people. I speak favor. I speak your anointing and your touch. Father, let us have great weeks this week. Open up doors of opportunities, favor upon us, guidance, strength, health. Father, we lift up all those people who are unwell at the moment, who are with sickness. And Father, we just speak healing and touch upon them. Bless them. Help their bodies recover. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.